0: They've made their careers in NFL and Major League Baseball representation. And so when I started talking about Dude Perfect, they're like, you're insane. Like, what? This is just the internet. No one's going to pay <laughs> this these kids that are doing trick shots a lot, large amount of money to do trick shots. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and then Callaway Golf came. And I pitched them a golf trick shot video. And Callaway Golf was like, we absolutely love this. Let's do it. And they still doubted it. They're like, ah, we still don't think this is going to be anything. You got lucky. I was like,
1: you know what? It's time to leave. So, left. In this episode, we're talking with the founder of Night Media, Reed Dusher. From managing Hall of Fame football players like Barry Sanders, Marcus Allen, and Shannon Sharp, Reed realized that online influencers and digital marketing were going to take over traditional media outlets. Reed created Night Media and began managing some of the world's top influencers from Dude Perfect, Press and Plays, and Mr. Beast. This is
2: Creative.
1: Disruption,
2: the intersection where entertainment, data, and creativity meet. Here's your
1: host, Ricky Ray Butler and Daryl Leaves. Welcome back to the Creative Disruption podcast, where we talk about everything that is disrupting the entertainment industry. And I'm joined by my friend Ricky Ray Butler. How you doing, Ricky?
2: Doing fantastic. Are you okay, doing? <laughs> so Ricky.
1: <laughs> we are actually in Dallas. There is a lot of money in Dallas. There's a lot of different big brands. And I know that you've been working with brands for how long now? Like how long has it been? Uh, over a decade. A decade? Uh, at least when it comes to like content and influencers. I, yeah. I got to know. I, this is something that I'm curious about. But how, how was it your first approach with a brand talking about to be on digital? And not you know only what? digital, but like integrations here.
2: So, So talking to brands about creators and influencers early on, like over a decade ago, um, was humbling. Um, Not a lot of people really saw the vision, even though that's where the eyeballs were going and that's where all the engagement was. I mean, we were seeing like very high click-through rates back then, high conversion rates, we crashed websites left and right. Um, But back then, you know, too many people were way too focused on the creative and they thought since the content <laughs> was so raw that it was irrelevant. Right. And um, there was different agencies and brands where I was laughed out of the room. I won't, uh, I won't expose but no, them. But the, especially the ad agencies. No, 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 no.
1: Let's talk about that for a second. Because there's <laughs> there's people that were so adamant that this wasn't a thing, and now they're the ones that are saying, "Hey, this is a thing." We oh, need to yeah. Do. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like they, they like, all
2: have an influencer team now. They all have an entertainment team now, and they're all you know saying, "Oh, entertainment's the future." Yeah. But the, the truth is, most of those holding companies. Um, they were very slow to accept the space, and when they started to accept it, they got into the to doing the work, and they did it wrong.
1: Yeah. Do, do you think that the switch is flipped for, for brands and agencies now? Absolutely.
2: Everyone is now claiming that they're doing stuff, and, yeah. and, and, and they're working with influencers, and that they have a, a good strategy. Um, there's very it's very rare though to really see brands out there that are scaling. And they're really, you know, measuring ROI and and, right, and, and understanding right. what ROI is and how they can measure it when working with creators, but for the most part, where where something that really needs to change is systems and processes. You no, know, there's, you know, be able to work with a handful of creators or doing a one-off project. You know, that's that's so, you know, twenty ten.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: and and, you know, in order to really have a strong um, campaign or to truly. Work with creators the right way. You need to figure out how to measure your ROI and to scale, so you could be working with over a thousand creators every year. But usually, people are satisfied with ten, and they're like, "Okay, we've we've clicked it off. The, we've checked it off the list. We've worked with creators. We have worked with influencers. We're done." Yeah. And 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 that's a very narrow way of looking at things because this ocean is blue. It There's is. tens of thousands of new creators rising every year. There's a lot more platforms are developing. And if you look at it from a global level, I mean, this, this this is becoming an animal that none of us can understand. And that's why our company has had to invest tens of millions of dollars in technology and right. AI to be able to monitor everything that's going on because there is there is so much and the human mind can't comprehend
1: it. Well, here's here's the thing, and I'm gonna take it down a notch. Uh, like I, I frequent LinkedIn quite a bit and there's a lot of great things that are happening on LinkedIn. Uh, one thing I notice is people's titles at their company uh, have changed <laughs> quite, quite, quite drastically this social
2: media guru. And now it's like, influencer <laughs>
1: king or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Influencer <laughs> expert, but, influencer whisperer. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Is that yours? Uh, no. <laughs> well, very good. Well, I, I think we need to introduce our guest. Uh, sure. Would you mind introducing our guest today? Cause like he's done some amazing things.
2: Yes. We have with us today is Reed. He is one of the most successful managers um, in the creator space today. He represents, you know, um different creators like Preston plays. We like Preston. Mr. Beast. We like Mr. Beast. Sunday. Sunday. We and love. a good nope. handful of others, and, <laughs> and we do a lot of work together,
0: don't we? We do, and I have no problem flaming agencies that actually kicked me out of their conference room five years ago. That said, I was crazy. So if I need to start throwing out names, I will.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's good. So yeah, that's good for us. Well, although, we,
2: so Reed and I have talked about this, but, but before we yeah. do yeah. that, we
1: should have him do a little bio so people oh, know. Sure, exactly sure. His, his we can go
2: back so. to reminiscing in a little
1: bit. Those yeah. Are bio. So I, I
0: started actually. Let's back up a little bit. So I was a, NFL agent. So I started off like every kid I wanted to be Jerry Maguire. I yeah. uh, watched the movie growing up. So when I finished business school in New York, that was the first thing that I wanted to accomplish was I wanted to be an NFL agent.
1: So do you have a tattoo that says "Show me the money? I wish. <laughs> I, I, I actually might get that right, right on the side, <laughs> show so right. me the money. And
0: uh, moved to Las Vegas, worked with a large NFL agency. My job was traveling with Barry Sanders, Richard Sherman, Marcus Allen. right all right out of the gate, I got to work with the biggest guys uh, in the NFL. So ended up meeting Dude Perfect, who back in the day, back six years, wasn't the Dude Perfect that we all know today. They only had about 2 million subscribers, and people they were like, still oh, yeah. you they're still killing it. Only they're they're 2 million. Yeah. Only But back then, I guess, they, was they, big. big. 22 million right now? No, so they're at 49. Like, oh, my God. 49
1: million? Like I blink once and they go up 10 million It's insane.
0: Uh, so started. I, I met them through a cold call. So I was trying to get Barry Sanders in one of their videos and it literally just spawned into a relationship that, you know, hey, we need help. You know, can you help us bring in a few different brands? We want to help, mon- help, us, help us monetize our content and I ended up leaving the sports agency three months later, kind of moving to Dallas. I had no money, packed up my car. My parents thought I was crazy uh, and came what, what here. What about and, your,
1: what about the previous, uh, you know, oh. employer? Did they like, Going to YouTube. Why why would you do that? Yeah. yeah so I mean the NFL to YouTube.
0: Think and, about this. And he's a he's a big name manager in the NFL space. Yeah. Jamie Fritz is who I got my my start with and JB Bernstein. So they were kind of partners at the time. And JB did Million Dollar Arm, which you guys have probably seen at right, Disney right. Movie. They didn't understand it. And rightfully so, they've made their careers in NFL and Major League Baseball representation. And so when I started talking about Dude Perfect, they're like, You're insane. Like, what this is just the internet. No one's gonna pay <laughs> this these kids that are doing trick shots a lot large amount of money to do trick shots it's just not going to happen <laughs> and then callaway golf came and i pitched him a golf trick shot video and callaway golf was like we absolutely love this let's do it and they still doubted it They're like ah we still don't think this is going to be anything you got lucky i was like you know what it's time to leave yeah. so I left for my own thing which is now night media and so you guys mentioned that we represent Preston. Um, Mr. Beast, who now everyone in the world knows has grown rapidly. Uh, I have not seen anything like this since Dude Perfect.
1: It's crazy. (sighs) His growth is crazy.
0: And then we have Sunday uh, as well, Unspeakable Gaming, Mini Lad, Preston's wife, who he probably talked about on the the previous podcast, Brianna Plays, who has also grown rapidly fast uh, from zero to 40 million views a month pretty quickly. Uh, And then a few other smaller creators. So we've kept it really small for a reason. Uh, our business model is not in scale, it's in signing the biggest creators on the platform and then helping them grow their internal businesses and create other businesses around their core, which is YouTube.
1: So now let's go back to the ad agency. Now, now that we have that wonderful yeah. bio, um, thanks story. for interrupting <laughs> the com- the first conversation. But anyways, going back to our conversation <laughs> earlier. Okay, so ad agency. So <laughs> when when
0: I first started working with Dude Perfect, I used to travel to New York and L A. and I used to take agency meetings all day. I would go into one now, where, agency. Where were
1: you living at the time?
0: In Las Vegas. Okay. So we were based in Las Vegas. Would travel to New York, and I'll, I'll throw out a few uh, agencies here. So I would go to Barnes and Marsteller, who's now I think part of cohen wolf yep. and then i would go to fleshman hillard shy at day horizon uh i'm actually on i
1: i'm on a,
0: a talk later <laughs> this afternoon with someone at horizon so i'm gonna have to bring this up as well and they basically were like we would never pay these people to promote our products one we don't get it and if we want to pay them we'll just buy a pre-roll out on youtube so that'll right. be our media buying team so that literally happened every time that I would go to New York and LA, and then one person pulled the trigger, and it was Callaway Golf. So not even agency; was it was just them. It was
1: their sales, like Callaway Golf. Well, like what was it? like the integration was yeah. more for branding, or what was the?
0: We would do an end card. So back then, it was all about like the annotations and end right, cards right. and getting people to actually leave YouTube. Which now you think about, and you're like, why the heck could we do that? Like, why <laughs> do we want people leaving mm-hmm. our our YouTube channel? But at the end of a video, Dude Perfect would be like, Hey, click up in the top corner to go to callaway.com to buy the new chrome softball or whatever they were selling at the time and we could prove that we were getting 500,000 clicks on that link wow. right oh, yeah. at a large scale at that time to drive people off they off were platform. the first
2: to have a um a clickable annotation that could click out yep. of the, the website it's crazy do they still have access to that
0: i believe so that that was the, the bread and butter at the beginning was the brands really only cared about the ability for them to drive traffic, Dr- traffic off traffic. youtube they yep. really didn't care about the organic branding part of it they wanted traffic going to their platform
2: yeah. See, it, it's insane to me that a lot of brands back then, and still today, you still get some brands that, that oh, not brands, specifically agencies, that'll say, look, we don't want to be a part of their video,
1: but we'd like to do a pre-roll before their video. Yeah.
2: That's just insane. We, I mean, we, I mean, we, but,
1: it, but it's all about control, dude. Like, think about it. First. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but we, they want the control of the budget, and they want the control of the creative. And, and the reality is, is the creative will always always be better when it's with an influencer that has like, if you're going to the eyeballs of someone like Mr. Beast, like would it be better to do a pre-roll ad saying, Oh, this is really cool. Or having Mr. Beast do a shout out in it. Right? Like, I mean, and I don't mean a shout out, like to integrate actual content. Being
2: able to empower the content and be a part of that content and, and be invited to be inside is so much more valuable than having an advertisement before or after that content. And anyone that, you know, goes to a brand and says, look, Instead of actually going inside of all this content here, let's just have advertisements that get in front of it. They should be fired.
0: Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> agreed. You get I, s- Spend money with us. You, I don't know why they spend money with engaged, Google. You an
2: engaged, loyal viewer when, when you're inside of the content, and then you also get much higher click-through rates and much higher conversions. Like, we have a lot of data over and over again that, that shows that. And, and you know, where people, you know, are still hesitant to just really, you know, work with the creators, engage with them, figure out what they need, and then help empower what they're doing. There's just nothing better than that. There's going to be a huge shift, I would say, this next year and the year after where brands are going to realize we need to stop talking to casual viewers. We need to be a part of a community where we're in front of loyal captivated and trusting viewers. Yeah.
1: Well, the first thing you need to understand which community they to be in front of. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like pulling the trigger. It's like, cause like, right. That's what YouTube is. That's what the internet is. It's just like these groups of communities that are so tight knit. I mean, you look at the people that,
2: and you'll that, rarely just stick with one community, right? If, if one community right. works, there's probably, you know, a dozen other communities that will also work. Yeah. And then it's about, you know, instead of thinking about the creative, it's about thinking about the data and thinking, okay, who is out there that we can resonate with and how can we, you know, adjust what we're doing to to better, you know, inspire them to want to work with us or to want to buy our product or, you know, to better resonate with them. And that is adjusting, you know, how you're positioned in every single community in a way that the community wants to receive you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you guys a good example. So we're in the third year with Preston and Hot Pockets. So they dove in three years ago with Preston. It was very new to them. Preston started these 60 second ad integrations, and he somewhat had the creative control over what he wanted to say. We would do meet and greets in Dallas and LA, and kids were showing up with Hot Pockets boxes for him to sign. Like, if they run a pre-roll ad, everyone skips it, nobody remembers. These kids are like, I want Preston to sign my Hot Pockets box. And now Hot Pockets actually just signed another client of ours, Unspeakable Gaming. So they get it. They know where their audience is. They want Preston to create the content that resonates with his fans. And he's done a good job they, with that. They should
1: actually give him the ability to create his own hot pocket.
2: <laughs> Put I, his face I on agree. There.
1: I mean, it's like, I agree. what is your favorite? Like that right there. That the Chipotle
2: did that with David mm. Dobrik. Yeah. I um, mean, you know, for a limited time and it, their cells, I mean, just exploded. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And so, that, that, that definitely should happen. Like, Look at it. I mean, I mean, it's you no, know, no, there's a, there's a huge um, buzzword right now called ambassador saying, oh, we don't want to just work with influencers or creators. We want an ambassador. Well, that's great, but you can do that in a very data driven way. Like, so for example, Chipotle, let's say did that thing with David Dobrik. Let's say if they would have done that with, let's say um, a couple dozen creators and then analyze, okay, who drove the most sales? drove the most buzz and then from there have an ongoing relationship but not just with one community do it with a variety of communities and but you have to still you have to still work out there and see who's relevant and stay engaged on like okay who's up and coming who's who's going to explode because because communities can 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 explode they can drop um and 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 so like with hot pockets they should do that you know with, with oppressive plays they should have know, they're, they're, they're a Preston Hot Pocket, but they should also figure out, okay, how do we get a dozen of these Yeah, and and, and appeal to different communities? Well,
0: they, they also rode the Preston wave of us doing 60 million views a month to now five channels right. concurrently <laughs> doing right. 280 million views a month. So they, they, <laughs> they rode a nice wave. They got involved and, early and, yeah, on and, yeah. and Preston's loyal to them. Exactly. Yeah. So we're now loyal to Hot Pockets. We just signed with Hot Wheels. Uh, we just signed with Elmer's Glue for what? three of our clients, including Preston. So, so we're going to so, do some so, slime videos. I was going to say... <laughs>
1: yep. Elmer's glue has to go for slime, right? 100%. Yeah, D- <laughs> DIY
0: slime. Uh, we have some concepts that are a little crazy because, yeah. you know, Preston, you'd rather jump up in an airplane and just slime. Does it have to do with his pool?
1: pool? Like fill it up with. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of the concepts, disclosed. yes. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I've shut down
0: a few of them already. Uh, we're not going to let him jump out of a plane or anything like that. But yes, uh, we'll figure out the slime videos very shortly.
1: Yeah. Very, very cool. So what's like happening in the, this world, like the world that you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. was able to introduce and was one of the first uh, to really get a lot of these deals made and get a lot of these brands to see the vision. Yeah. Um, what's actually happening right now? It's
0: finally maturing. I think early on you had, and you know, Ben, brand entertainment network knows this probably better than I do, is you had a lot of multi-channel networks and you had a lot of independent managers and agencies, and it was just kind of wild, wild west. And you didn't know where to go to work with talent. And now it's actually to a point where a lot of these uh, at least larger creators have an exclusive manager and then some of them also have an agent. So Preston and I signed with Endeavor. So he has a four agent team at Endeavor to help us with theatrical and commercial and literacy. Um, but it's finally maturing, uh, I think, And seeing the, the MCNs kind of. Fizzle Away obviously helped with that because a lot of them were acting as middlemen saying that they represented the clients when they actually right. didn't. Uh, and then you guys are talking about something really interesting is I'm also seeing a shift in how deals are done. And yes, ambassadors, but I'm seeing wording in every contract now that says paid media. And yeah. so they, they want an organic integration, but they also want to run pre-roll ads of that individual creator talking about the brand. Uh, TikTok did this really well. Right. They, so TikTok they, did a ton of paid media after we did our ads uh, with TikTok. So that I, I didn't see that two to three years ago, and we're seeing it in almost every contract now is just paid media
1: rights. Everyone wants them. That that is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So it is getting more mature, and there's a, a lot more brands now that are coming on board and mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, this is something we want to do." Um, have you noticed that they they didn't want as much control of creative? than than before
0: yeah and we can go back to hot pocket so the first year they had a full sheet of talking points that preston had to hit and he couldn't really steer away from those and now it's to the point where they give him two to three sentences they trust him and they're like just kind of do your thing we, we know you're gonna hit these two talking points whatever else you say we're cool with it your thing yeah we, so- we trust you
1: oh my hey did we get in. that on camera <laughs> we're keeping that. <laughs> <in> like- <laughs>
2: Sorry about your phone. Wow, wow. it's
1: waterproof. It's waterproof. I, 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 I can, I can you Here. Do you want to spill yours too? <laughs> okay. You okay. Look but at that. <laughs> see, he gives me water. Hey, you I take did, my water. I, away. Did, I just one hundred percent.
2: I'm not offering you anything ever again. Uh, dude, that's so. Cool. Uh, anyway,
0: so okay. Are we gonna leave that in? Yeah. We should. Oh, yeah. We should, we should actually yeah. so leave that in. It is so. <laughs> in. Uh, and then I'm so not. now, now to the point where hot pockets. They've actually been like, okay, it's worked so well with Preston, we're going to sign him for a third year, but we're also going to sign Unspeakable Gaming because we also get that like he hits that younger crowd, mm-hmm. and we know that it it's really authentic. And for Hot Pockets, and one thing, you know, when we started our first year, Preston and I were a little skeptical of like, okay, how are our fans going to respond to the sponsorship? We would do meetups in Dallas and LA, and these kids would show up with Hot Pockets boxes no for Preston to sign, <laughs> and he was promoting at the time he was promoting the. Gosh, it was the pepperoni one. And he would talk about like hundred percent real cheese and just the cringiest Did- stuff ever. But he would sign these boxes at meetups and then we would send the pictures to Hot Pots. Okay, I was gonna ask you and that. And that's when they were like, okay, this is this is something that we didn't understand, but this is amazing.
1: Yeah. 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 And did, did they get, did they want less control after that? Like that moment? hundred percent. Yeah. 100%, of just, yeah. Okay. Be, and we were
0: always harping on them. Guys, you have to let us be authentic. And we know what our fans want. We know what they want to see. We know what they're going to respond well to. And initially they just weren't willing to do that. And now we're at a really good point in the relationship where we give them the creative of the video, hit one or two talking points, and then they just let us run.
2: You know what? I mean, they're very lucky that you guys stayed patient.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I we could easily left after the first year, which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. They had, so Hot Pockets had Nadeshot, Pokimane, Valkyrie. They had a lot of creators and they've dwindled it down now to I think Preston and Unspeakable Gaming. Oh, wow. wow! Yeah, so they worked with a lot of people on Twitch as well. John Sandman on YouTube, they worked with. So they they actually diversified between Twitch and YouTube. And I think mm-hmm. they found that YouTube actually had a much higher ROI than Twitch, which is or, rare because yeah, everyone because usually, is on Twitch it, right now. It, it's
2: a different way of measuring too. Yeah. But, but definitely, if you're, if you're going to go for a consistency when it comes to clicks and be able to predict what the outcomes are going to be, YouTube is ahead yeah. of all the platforms.
0: When Preston also averaged 1.2 million views per Hot Pockets integration video, uh-huh. and he got 16 million views on the latest one. So oh, they, wow. there are 16 million views on a video. I mean, they're they're getting what they what they asked for. And on Twitch, you only get live viewers. There's no VOD aspect to it. So they were just getting a, a singular stream, and that was it.
2: Okay. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I'm... How specifically um did, did things progress? Like I mean I mean so so it went from Having basically a script to just having a couple of talking points, yeah, and and the views have improved over time as well, right? Yeah, I think
0: it's more the thing that hurt us was average view duration because mm-hmm. we would have this ninety second ad at the very beginning of the video. Oh, no. it's like the, <laughs> the worst thing that you can do in a YouTube video is have it literally an ad read right at the beginning of the video right. because people are either going to just be uninterested or they're going to skip it. But most people just will click out of the video. It's way you don't you haven't hooked them yet. It's way too early, and so our average view duration was actually quite low. Luckily for us, the CTR on those videos was very high. So over time, they did incredibly well. Yeah, but that was the struggle for us. We're like, this is killing our average view duration.
1: So I do have a question, and this is with another client of yours. Um, It seems like you have a client that anytime that he gets a brand integration, he wants to give all the money away. (laughs) Like what (laughs) is it? People (laughs) can
0: probably guess who that is. (laughs)
1: That's definitely Jimmy. What goes through the mind of the brand? We're like, hey, give me like, you know, hundred thousand dollars, I'll give
0: it away. I, I think it's what goes through the mind of the manager when we're like, we're giving away all this money. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 a it's we're actually doing it for marketing. Right. So he didn't look at it as much as I'm going to give this all away. He looked at it as this is how I'm going to grow my channel. Exactly. And even though I'm giving this away in the short term, it's going to work in the long term. Well, right. well it,
2: we talked about earlier, like it's about empowering the content, not disturbing it. And you know, when Jimmy does that from the brand perspective, when we've worked with him, oh, that's really exciting because he's like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do with it. And and this is why it's going to be very effective. Well, it's and, like and it, blow, it blows our
1: mind. We're like, oh, great! Like, it's definitely worth spending all that money. Well, the brand that makes sense is like honey. It's like, okay, wait a minute. That's like so integrated mm-hmm. with it. It's just it, yeah, it's brilliant.
2: Now, the thing is, you know, as you're talking about hot pockets, how earlier on they're more difficult to work with, um, and they're you know a lot more talking points, etc. W- one thing that brands need to realize is that you can still figure out how to have some level of control, but also. Empower the content and let the, the the influencer really make the creative decisions. And one philosophy that we have um, that that we call the consensus triangle. Which you know, I referred to this in the past as well. Have I? (laughs) Oh, you showed me the graph.
1: I mean, have I I, I (laughs) had that presentation like a hundred times? Oh, I want to see this now. It's it's really important though.
2: Like, it's it's so (laughs) simple. No, no, no. no. But it's (laughs) totally overlooked. Like, way too much by I think a lot of the different um, companies that are out there. He woke up one night like at one a.m. He's like, "This
1: is it! Eureka! It's all about a triangle." You know that is is true.
2: Oh, and my anxiety went down right after that. We'll, well, we'll, so, we'll
0: put that poster so, in my office. So yeah, s- okay. Send me the graphic. Well, we'll we'll do it. I'll, I'll, it b- I'll
2: send you one. has a, he has a tattoo, <laughs> design. Oh, I'm definitely going to get a tattoo right here. Uh, the consensus triangle. Well, so basically the brand comes to the table with, you know, their vision, their objectives. Maybe a couple of um, talking points of what they know is going to sell what they have. And then the creator comes to the table and takes that vision, takes those objectives And then comes up with the creative solutions for their audience. They grew an audience of millions of followers for a reason. And it's all through communication, through video. And so they're going to be the best ones that are going to know how to position your brand in that video. And so when the brand and the creator reach a consensus, the audience then responds positively because the brand has empowered the content and not changed it or disturbed it. And so it's all about, you know, being a part of the consistency and and the 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 consistent programming of the creator and making sure that you're in that. And if you do anything, you're gonna help it perform better. Now, there is a way for brands to do this, and have a long list of don'ts like so we've worked with you guys i mean with with you with you impressed and with disney back in the day and disney has a long list of don'ts
1: oh yeah several pages more than more than
2: anyone (laughs) but but Uh. you know we were able to figure out a way to make it so we had you know we were able to use that consensus triangle and and Preston ended up doing some amazing content and, and felt empowered and, and and free to do what he wanted to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we also did. So let's go to Mr. Beast for a second. So we mm-hmm. did the video of Shroud, right? Yep. Uh, and we gave a hundred and I think we allocated a hundred thousand dollars for charity. We ended up that giving a away $117,000 to charity. Um, but Shroud was able to pick uh, in game on his stream, what charities he wanted to donate to. And I think it was a $5,000 per kill or something like that. But it's, it's like, if the brand just let Killing us be creative like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah whoa, well, we won't go into that. Uh, but that I think that's why everyone is now going towards Mr. Beast because they know we're doing some kind of social good with that campaign. Um, but we we also go into the relationship with we own the creative control. Yeah. And yeah. They need to know that, that if you're gonna spend money here, we control the creative.
2: Well, but the thing is, is if you take that approach and if brands take that approach, it really empowers them to scale and to really see much higher R- well, ROI.
1: And, and the reality is, there's a lot of creators that say that they have this challenge and they're giving away money, but they never give away money. Like, he, like Jimmy oh, actually yeah. gives away. Oh <laughs> but, but he's, but he's, he's thinking high yeah. level.
2: He's thinking long term, right? He knows, like, if I make a really good piece of content here with a brand, you know, my audience is probably going to get excited about brands working with me in the future. And then all the brands that understand the space that have a relevant target to, to um, Jimmy's audience it's just, it's going to be hands down. It's going to make sense. Yeah.
0: And it also puts us in a league of our own because people are not willing to do what Jimmy is doing. Right, I, no right. one is willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars per video to pull something off. It's yeah. just not going to happen. And well, so there's more,
1: there was more cost in that as well, because oh, that's the, what he's giving away, but he has amazing team. He's he huge. Does.
0: He does. Two of which we have sitting outside. Exactly. Uh, and he has, oh. I think 18 right now on his, his internal team. He's really built oh, his great. own production company. Yeah. I and mean, we have a we have heads of pre-production, heads of post-production. We have script writers, comedians. I mean, it is insane what what we've been able to build in the Mr. Beast camp. But him just doing social good with that money is just flipped the narrative. And now we've seen guys like Faze Rug and some other people step into it. Yeah. But they still can't compete on a scale that Jimmy's at because they're not willing to give it all away. Yeah. I think that's where people people just can't compete. No one's yeah. able to compete with him right now.
2: And Jimmy seems to... I mean, I think you mentioned to me that he, he, he looks at creating a video like playing a video game. And so he's he seems like he's really seemed to find good systems and processes in in creating content. Do you know,
1: like he's very strategic but the reality is he has a big heart. Like like yeah. seriously and and like salt in the earth. Like really he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, we
0: have a we have a few big things coming up. One is going to be announced probably in the next few weeks, a uh, national uh campaign for I'll, I'll just say it has to do with trees, and then the next hmm. one uh, we have a few. We want to tackle you, homelessness. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Reddit, for that one, and hopefully, Morgs <laughs> copies this video. We'll see if Morgs can copy this video. Yeah. And then the other ones is we really want to tackle homelessness in America, and so yeah. that's going to be our big push going into 2020.
2: Can you can you give us more insight on that? Because as a company, at Ben, um, uh, um, we, we are we are really starting to dedicate a lot of time to doing that in all the um, communities where our offices are. So. in in LA, Provo, New York, London. Um, This is becoming a huge, huge um, focus for us and and it's because it's it's such a big problem. So what's Jimmy doing to really make that change.
0: Well, I th- we're going to start with one he video, just bought
1: and- a freaking store, everything yeah. in the store and gave it to a homeless shelter. We <laughs> well, so it's it's <laughs> well underway. Uh, we
0: donated $125,000 to homeless shelters last December, uh, thanks to dragons, uh, dragon city and social point, the mobile game company out of Barcelona that sponsored that video. So we've done a lot to, to tackle this thing already. I think the next stage of this is we need to really have our own homeless shelters and we need to start pushing towards that.
2: Awesome. We're yeah. gonna. I mean, we're gonna have to sidebar on all this. Yeah. That's, so, that, well, that's, that's really exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Just,
0: and so we we have a few big things coming up that, that we'll probably announce in the next sixty to ninety days.
2: Well, so do you feel like social good? Because it seemed like you know there was a time where they had all these like positive prank channels giving money to homeless people and and, and doing stuff like that. Do you think there's going to be, you know, I mean, I mean, what Jimmy's doing is going to become like a movement. Do you think social good is going to become very popular again on YouTube and, and all the social platforms? <laughs> I just ah, man, man, I know you, so you many guys YouTubers. Know this
1: information that I, I would, do not know there's certain things we can't talk about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I hope so.
0: I, I yeah. don't see it happening, but I hope so. I think there's going to be the select few that are impacted by what Mr. Beast is doing, um, but the larger community, I don't think so. Unfortunately.
1: So, so you have, um, an interesting client lists and I, I noticed a couple things in common. Number one, um, that they, they all have big hearts and they're all family friendly.
0: Yep. And, and that was my motto when, when I started this, it was, I'm only working with family friendly creators because I, the advertising agencies were turning me down already. I knew that if some guy was swearing or sporting alcohol and tobacco, I had no shot. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's why initially four years ago it was I'm going to sign the guys that are family friendly and appeal to kids. And I don't want the kids, or I don't want the creators that appeal to kids to be swearing right. and, and having those kids then swear or talking about vape and alcohol. Yeah. It just wasn't something that I wanted to promote to young kids.
1: Yeah. Now, and, and I, I'm impressed with that too. And the, these creators that you have, like they take a stance, like they're actually looking at the brand deals coming in and mm-hmm. say, hey, yeah, they'll throw us money, but like, what are we promoting here? Right. Well, it's smart yeah. because
2: I mean, it's not only, I think, the right thing to do, especially if you have a, a younger audience. But you're gonna make more money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the more family friendly you are, and 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 the more good, wholesome content that you have, brands want to be aligned with.
0: Yeah, one, well, you have a higher CPM. Obviously, you make yeah. more ad revenue, which in Jimmy's case helps us to do bigger things on the platform. You know, mm-hmm. the more money you bring in, the more money you can spend.
1: You you have higher CPMS if you don't swear. I it, mean, also, it's proven. It it's proven for every person A better chance to become
0: a
2: featured creator,
0: right? <laughs> exactly for every one that thinks they can get in Google preferred and they swear you are automatically kicked out see ya it's not going to happen anymore Uh, maybe three years ago it could but in today's world you will not get in Google preferred if you swear and you can try and bleep it but Google is going to see that and you will not get in you will get blacklisted
2: so what are the platforms that you're the most excited about?
0: I uh, TikTok. So we talked about this one. Uh, the reason I'm excited about TikTok is the algorithm is just so easy to understand right now. And it's just like a trickle down. So if the video is doing well, it's going to continue to get promoted. And so we've seen it with Preston just had 10 million views on a TikTok video. Yeah. So I think we're really going to concentrate on making good TikTok content. And we've already seen brands reach out and ask, hey, can we be involved in the next video?
1: So, so oh, I, noticed, I noticed early on, um, I helped a couple creators on the platform and I like, I like to try to figure out how things work. Um, when I was looking at TikTok, I noticed that anything that was trending, there was a group of creators that were creating their own hashtag and they would release within seconds of each other, if not uh, you know, a couple minutes or whatever. And that's what would take off. There was like a lot of suggested traffic that come and then people would um, say, oh, here's a trend that's going on and then create content the next day. And then it would continue to, to boost up these channels. Um, Having smart content creators that have a lot of content, like a lot of content that could be repurposed or they could actually integrate some of the uh, new content in some content that they're promoting. Do you feel like having a group of creators that help each other in this is going to help them get a lot more visibility and views on TikTok?
0: 100%. And our guys already do this on YouTube. So right. you'll see if you look at like, we'll call it the night media ecosystem, all the guys film together. Jimmy films with Preston and Unspeakable and, and even the YouTuber Battle Royale, which you guys helped a lot with and same with EA, the Team Night Media won the second game typical gamer on Speedway Gaming in Preston. And so they're all very, very close. And so I think now as we look to TikTok, It's going to be the same thing. They're going to film videos together. They're going to think of ways to grow. The hashtag thing's interesting. It's almost like an Instagram pod. That's what I'm I'm saying it
1: is. It's like more of a pod type
0: thing. And then they probably, we haven't even discussed like what the strategy is. I think for us, it was just let's get out content and see what performs well. And then we can adjust from there. But I think if now, if we're going, okay, these hashtags, if five people promote it at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's going to trend, we really need to revamp.
1: And I, I think most people go to TikTok and they're like, I don't get this. Like, I don't get this. But you go to any, you know, 10 year old, 13-year-old, 14-year-olds have yeah. to tell me about TikTok. And that's the place. Like, it, it literally yeah. took over VidCon. Like, oh, yeah. I, it was 100% top of mind, top of – And I don't even think they were spending any money at VidCon.
0: <laughs> I, probably just for a booth, to be honest. I mean, they paid a lot of creators to do promotions, and it went really well for them. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I, the interesting part for me is usually when we do a paid promotion, for the most part, you – do the paid promotion and then you don't play the game or you don't promote the product anymore all our guys are still producing tiktok videos so they get the importance so what tiktok did is they're like we're going to help springboard your channel and then we're going to help you create more content so you can grow on the platform and it was very smart of them so now we have guys like sunday and Preston, and even mr beast still making tiktok content and that's What they wanted. That's why they did the paper. And for Sunday,
2: it was was one of the first collaborations they had with the brand.
0: Yeah, congrats to you guys uh, (laughs) on the TikTok campaign. So that's (laughs) Sunday's first branded integration. We've
2: hit up Sunday for years. Oh, I know. We've turned it down for probably (laughs) probably like seven years. He's like, yeah, let me look into it. Nah. (laughs)
0: He went from 60 million a month to now I think he did 165 million last month, switching from Minecraft to Fortnite and also hiring a creative director was the biggest thing for him because it's really hard to come up with creative concepts every day, video a day. It's impossible. And so the first thing that I helped him with when, when we started working, I was like, you're missing a pivotal part on your team. You're missing someone to help you with creative concepts. And once he got that guy in place, and a really good editor that he was comfortable with, his content skyrocketed.
1: So, so Reed, I noticed this uh, you know, with, with our relationship, that you'll go in and look at one of your um, clients, and you're like, oh, you're missing this component, or they'll say, oh, I need to ha- have this fixed, and yep. then they just push it off on you. It's like, here, Some take of care of it. <laughs>
0: Some of them do. Yeah. And we, we help. So we help Lad hire three people already on his team, but we look at it from a different approach. Like we're playing long ball. We're mm-hmm. not playing, Hey, we're going to come in and do brand integrations and then great. We'll make some money. We come in we're like, we want to build the infrastructure. We want to be business partners. Mm-hmm. So we look at it a little differently and we have for the last four years. And I think that's why we have a lot of whales on our client roster mm-hmm. right now is because they understand the importance. And when people well, look- Well, like
1: they weren't whales when you started with them. No, <laughs> so Jimmy, it, Jimmy definitely was
0: not. Jimmy was not a whale. It was a bit of a flyer. We got introduced through Jobless Garrett and yeah. Twitter DMs. And I've, uh, all my clients have been introduced to me through Twitter DMs, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I haven't recruited So follow and read on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <when laughs> it seems like every client, uh, even Jimmy introduced me to Chad the other yeah, day yeah. through Twitter DM, but that's yeah. just kind of how it works. Uh, and then, we really dig into like, what's your current team? What's the strategy? What's the end goal? And then we help and them Chad execute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. We, yep. we had him on the podcast. Uh, Project Zorgo so. is some big IP. Uh, oh, hopefully he realized that.
1: Way big. Yeah. We, we were able to discuss quite a bit. Yeah. That was actually I've, I've our most good video. Though. Podcast. We had a yeah. hundred thousand views, but it's all little kids that were five to seven years <laughs>
2: old. Well, because you put Ninja Hacker. Well, I'm oh,
1: <laughs> my job. I knew the SEO portion <laughs> of it. Come on. Yeah,
0: views. Hey, views are views, right? <laughs>
2: so, h- how many people do you have on your team?
0: Uh, right now, we have seven full time employees okay, on the Night Media team. So, and we. And how, how
2: big do you want to make your management group?
0: Uh, we'll probably sign a few more creators. Uh, I don't think we'll be any bigger in the talent management department. So you department. Be it's very specialized, boutique, boutique, Yeah, but. well, we've, we've broken it up into two segments. So we have two parts of the company. So we mm-hmm. have influence, which is all talent management. And then we have a new sector that we built out six months ago called Create. And mm-hmm. so Create, and the, the goal was never to scale talent management. The goal was to sign the biggest creators and then become business partners. And so we're at that process now. So Preston and I are working on an animated project with a person that I can't tell you yet. Um, and we're also working on uh, a different uh, reality show with Preston. So, yeah, so
2: when we talk about long form and like, you know, selling content to other platforms, he seemed like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get into that.
0: Oh, yeah, we've been talking, but we've been in it for a year. We've just mm-hmm. been moving a little slower than probably we had liked, but we've also wanted to do it right. And so, we have a few consumer product goods that we're announcing and launching. We're getting into the beauty business with a few of our female influencers. So, it was never like, let's sign everyone. It was never the full screen maker model. It was, first, they have to get along with us. They have to be entrepreneur minded Mm -hmm. and they want to be business people. And those are the people that we look for. And then we're
1: going to now start to build businesses with them. And are you like looking and say, okay, here's some, some qualities that these creators have Mm -hmm. and it would fit really well in our ecosystem so they can help cross promote and push or is it more separate than that?
0: We don't even look at it like that. So when I meet someone or when someone in our office meets someone, we usually look at a few things. So one, are they family friendly? Right. And if they are family friendly, then we look at the next one, which is, let's have a, a, can they they scale this business or if they're already at a scale, I think the next one is, do we get along on a personal level? Because your closest business advocate should be your manager. That should be Mm -hmm. your closest relationship. Because usually the, in our case, the publicist, the lawyer, the agent, everyone comes to us. And so we need to be that that tight knit relationship mm-hmm. that they have in their in their company. And so I've always looked at it like that. And so those are the two pillars that I look at. And then third, which is really interesting, is I found that family being having family involved in the business is actually a good thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. most of our keeps them grounded. Yeah, and most of their the the mom and dad look out the most right. obviously. So we have um, four clients whose parents are very involved in their business, and it's great because we know that they have their back. I think the hard part is when we take on a client and they have a large group of people they hang around with. Some of those people you have to push out a little bit and we've had to deal with those situations. So having family involved is actually a plus for us. And we usually bring the parents in and they're either part of the merchandise company or they're running finances or usually they're on some sector of that business. So Reed,
1: we started out with Jerry Maguire here and kind of your background. Have you had show me the money moment in (sighs) YouTube? Like, Like with these people, like were you just like... Were you just like totally just like getting the deal that you tried to get and tried to get, but you finally got it?
0: We've (laughs) had a few. um, I won't give any specific examples, but there's been a few high fives in offices. Um, Like only a high five? I mean, that's that's probably probably (laughs) No, 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 no. That's
1: like really weak.
0: Some of my guys don't <laughs> like to hug though. So, uh, so usually it's a high five, but we have had some moments where we're like, we've been working on this deal for a year and it finally gets done. Yeah. And it's, it's really exciting. And yeah. we've been working on some big productions for a while now. Right. And we're at the final stages to get those done. And so that's been the big press for us over the course of the last three months. That, that is that's yeah. awesome.
1: That's awesome. So, so
2: how long have you been a manager? Like officially?
0: Uh, if, if you count the NFL stuff, it would be about six so let's, years. Let's
2: if you don't even count the NFL so uh, so like the stuff. So about
0: four and a half years.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've built quite the business. And I've four stayed and a half quiet. Years.
0: I think the, the one thing, and-, well, and that, I, That's um, how
2: it is in our industry. The ones that have been the most successful have really been the- The, the quietest that, ones, yeah. The, the, the quietest ones, ones that, the that steadily grow. Like, mm-hmm. like our, our company was always doing much better than all but the But you're MCS. not that quiet, dude. You're like the loudest no, person I know. I'm a loud nope. person. Our company was really <laughs> quiet though. It, was. And, and it not, was. and not a lot of people knew who we were, but we were steadily growing. <laughs> And becoming very profitable when all the MCNs were getting all the hype. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. When I
0: it's meets like I stayed really behind the scenes for four and a half years. And now you guys talked about it earlier, like on LinkedIn, you're seeing a lot of influencer marketing, specialist, Mm -hmm. all these different things. It's like I was in this industry years before all these people were and I haven't said anything. And so now I'm starting to create more LinkedIn. You're definitely more vocal. I noticed that. Yeah, because I'm I'm it's not necessarily me being sick of hearing other people talk about an industry they know nothing about. I just want to be now that thought leader because I have the experience. I mm-hmm. didn't want to fake it until I made it. I wanted right. to have the experience, and then I really wanted to make the content to back that up.
2: Yeah, right. Oh, that's important. I mean, yeah. sometimes you have to fake it till you make it.
1: I don't even know what you're talking about.
2: No, no. Like when you first start out, and I'm not I'm not talking about like Plaid or I'm talking about like when I first got into like marketing. Like you go out there and 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 unless you have a mentor, you have to just literally hustle and figure out how to get somewhere. In order to make Yeah, but you happen. don't
1: say you're all that unless you have the case studies. Oh, one hundred percent for me. Yeah. Well, like you're
2: not going to if you grow as a company and you don't have case studies and and you're just flaunting that you're just you're an expert right. in this X, Y, and Z. You're you're selling snake oil. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 you're not legitimate. Um, but there's people out there where where you know I've wanted to hire people. People have come to me and say, "Hey, can you help invest in this company? I want to make this happen." And I was like. No, but I'll hire you because, you know, I think you're promising and and I'd love to have you on our team and, and get you mentorship. And then hopefully you never leave and start, they will start a, comp, a competitor. Right. But, yeah. but, you know, it, it's one of those things where. To build in like in four years, or let's say in six years when you started your career, to build to be where you are now, that's crazy impressive.
0: Yeah. And I still I don't I don't even feel like we've got to first base yet, to be mm-hmm. honest. There's so much more to accomplish in this industry. And I for the, the guys that have already kind of sold their management or agency influencer companies, like I feel bad because the industry is so ripe right now mm. to explode. Mm-hmm. And if you have the right creators and all these brands now filtering money into this industry, and on top of that is the influencers have all the influence right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching exactly. Jimmy and Preston and Nathan. And we also understand that we're at a really great opportunity to do our own productions, create our own products, market our own companies. Mm-hmm. And so that's been our focus. right? You're, I mean, Daryl's close with Dar- Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. Gary V. was, what, 10-year career before he right. did anything on right. social. I don't watch a ton of his content, but that is one thing I really respect about Gary is you know, there's no fake it before you make it. He did it, and then he started telling people how he did it. Yeah. Right, and so I've I've kind of taken that with same
1: approach with a few bombs that are not family. I don't swear <laughs> yeah. as much as Gary. <laughs> well, uh, Preston and I did a but, video of Gary.
2: Did, I mean, again, I don't know, I know, I don't know how his career worked out, but he was fortunate to, be able to have a to be a part of a, a very successful family business yep. that he he's able to grow from there. I mean, where where I find it really impressive not 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 to compare apples to apples, but the fact that you know. You came out and, and you and you, you weren't looking for money but you're looking to be successful mm. and you just focused on like you know making those wins and that's what really made you successful yeah it was know, small wins
0: and initially it was signed smaller I, creators and get small wins and then eventually we can get those things your
2: story you mentioned to me that you know you yeah. first started out in the seo yeah and then when video came out you started using video for seo and then just naturally you became one of the top experts of explaining how to grow audiences yeah um i mean it's really about just making those wins so i guess it's really not about fake it till you make it but you you still kind of are because you have to go and make stuff happen i
1: I think the the difference is whether it's it's your case where you're like okay i got my dream job i'm working with some of the best nfl players ever and then you see this opportunity that's underrepresented right and i think that's the, the the difference it's like seeing seeing the vision of where this is going where the industry's at um and what it can become and seizing that opportunity like f- like there's not a lot of people that will leave the cushions of of um you know a good retirement program you know great business you know a yeah. car and whatever it may be and Let's say go no oh, no build no. something that doesn't
2: like, really like, have like, an infrastructure like yet.
1: yeah you- like, how much did you have to rely on your savings when you left? I mean, it's just like... I, I didn't have any money when I started this <laughs> business.
0: I had, I had $4,000 in my bank account when You're I like, moved to uh, Dallas. Uh, I was uh. like, well, I can make it for at least three months before I got to figure something yeah, where out. Are you sleeping, and then, luckily, I got a deal that happened and got a little bit of money and then just kind of scaled it from there. Slowly scaled it. Sure. I, I hardly made any money the first two years of this
2: business. Sure. Well, the thing is, like, you know, four years ago, there were a lot of managers and agents out there, but... The place that was underserved was gaming yeah. it was getting the most views but for some reason it took you know a lot of you know traditional entertainment to really get caught up and to realize that that's where everything was going
1: well but the problem was is some of these uh creators are introverts mm-hmm. and and it's like how do you communicate with them and how do you get things going and they're like nah, i don't even want to deal with you well, well the
2: the but one thing about the the gaming side because you know our company has always worked either with great managers like Reed or directly with the talent. Uh, I mean, it really is a more of a, an entrepreneurial side. Like they they don't really see themselves as celebrities; they see themselves as okay, putting as much content as possible, and hopefully, you know, people like this content. Yeah. And 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 maybe a lot of it's because it was a faceless vertical for a long time, and it wasn't until just like probably like six years ago when gaming creators really started putting their faces out there and. You know, acting more like lifestyle channels. Yeah,
0: we've had a few examples from people on your team where I've signed someone that you guys have worked with for probably three years and they're like, oh, thank goodness.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get a hold of this guy for a year. And then we'd sign a deal and never hear from him. And it happened a lot. Well,
2: Sunday's one of them. Yeah, really, right. <laughs> and
0: so they, some of the guys on your team are like, he needs representation. Uh, it's just I was never willing to go recruit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all, like I said, People, it's them come to me and they're like, can you please help? Like I need help in these areas. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's just, I'm not the guy that's going to go and sell and, and myself do you go for sure. like
1: through a full assessment. Like when you bring yeah. out a new client and you're like, okay, yeah, you need me for these, but this is the other things that you actually need as well. I've or? turned
0: down some, I won't say they're not, say they are i have turned down some massive YouTube channels that at the time I was like, uh, I don't know if they can grow. I don't know <laughs> if we didn't like click personally mm-hmm. that their like long-term goals didn't align. And I turned them down and now looking at their channels, I'm like, whoa. Okay, that might've been a mistake, but I'm like, they that's still smart. weren't a fit. So was it a mistake? Because it doesn't matter how big you are, how much money you're making, you don't it, want it, relationships that don't work. It would have been a work.
2: mistake because, I mean, one of the biggest problems in the industry is there's so much turnover with management. I mean, and, and that's why we've had to go and like create relationships directly with all the talent out there is because there's such high turnover. And, and if, if you rely on like a manager or an, or an agent, Um, there's a good chance that it's going to change and then you're going to have to start from square one. Well,
1: I I think it's about culture too because you have the culture of the creator and if you have a manager that comes in, that's a D-bag, which there's quite a few. Way way too Hollywood, (laughs) yeah. But it's like it changes it and it creates Mm -hmm. a friction. Mm -hmm. And that friction just keeps on just rubbing until, you know, it breaks and it actually hurts all parties involved.
0: When I'm, I'm not worried that my guys are going to leave me either. I think that's the other thing is you, you guys probably work with a lot of managers that like close their guys off and you never talk with them. Right. I don't care. Like I know typical gamer and I have been together for now four years. So it doesn't matter if this agency wants to schedule a call or typical needs to go here. Like I know he's not good. Like we're so close at this point. Like we're business partners. Right? So I've never worried like that. And I think a lot of managers are so worried. Well, you're bringing them value. Them. You're not yeah.
2: sitting around waiting for stuff to come in. Yeah, I mean, exactly. a, a big problem in the industry is that there's a lot of leeches. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that just right. come and suck the blood and they just wait there for the inbounds and they hope they make a commission off of that instead of going and building an empire. And that's something that you've been doing. And that's why you're very successful. Yep. And that's another reason why um, other managers like Dan Levitt are also very successful. You guys yep, go yep. in and, and you and you you build a partnership and you grow things.
1: So what is, like, there's a lot of people um, watching this podcast or listening to the podcast that work on advertising teams and they're trying to integrate a little bit with influencers. What advice would you give them I mean, being, being in the trenches for this long, like what, what advice would you
0: so give? So there's first, there's two ways to go. Do you go direct to manager or do you go to a company like Brand Entertainment Network? The reason people go to Brand Entertainment Network is because they can educate them and give them the data they need to make an educated decision. I sometimes can't give that to them, right? And that's why a lot of deals don't happen direct is because that's just not our business. You know, Our business is growing the, the personal individual's brand. We're, our
2: focus is completely different. We, we represent the brand and yeah. it's, it's do scaled campaigns. Not to do, you know, one-offs. W- yeah, one-offs. Yeah. yeah so yeah, find
0: yeah. a successful influencer marketing agency that's done it for a while, not one that just popped up six months ago. You're like, hey, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Um find someone that's successfully done it and and go to them to curate that actual like money spend, what you're gonna get the ROI from. That's where I think influencer marketing is really great and scales really heavily is when you work with a really good influencer marketing agency.
2: Thank you. By you by know, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it's true, though. I'm not Struck just, you pl- not just fluffing you. I, I could give a <laughs> few other examples. today by Brand Entertainment Network, Ben. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a few
0: that also do it right, but there's mm-hmm. a lot that do it wrong. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot more do it wrong than do it right. Yeah. And there's, I've seen, we've done so many one-off deals with influencer marketing agencies where you do one deal and then I never hear from them again. Had Hopefully you get paid though. We get paid. Oh, we've had a few <laughs> circumstances where we haven't got paid, but usually wow. we get paid and then we never hear from them again yeah. because they kind of fit themselves in the middle of a campaign and then they try and go to the talent. I mean, you guys see it all the time. Um, that, that to me is the problem with influencer marketing right now.
2: Yeah. Well, brands or, or agencies should never go to the talent unless they have the money in hand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that right there just makes it so there's less friction. Um, so like when we work with you guys, we never say, Hey, we might have a deal. You know,
0: but we're going to pitch for let's, it let's, let's yeah. pitch
2: together. I mean, I mean, that, that sort of thing is, is not the way it should work. That's an old school way of doing things. Um, you know, you have to really go to the brand and say, look, I mean, we actually have our AI vet all of our lists and we, and, and we say, look, our AI is saying that according to who you're wanting to target and what you want to accomplish, these creators are going to be the most successful. are going to have the most conversions or the highest impact. Let us know who you don't think is a, you know, a good fit. And then from there, we figure out, okay, is, is, is Preston going to um, be the most passionate about it? Or is Jimmy going to be the most passionate about it? You figure out who's the most passionate about it. And then you create a partnership that's very strong. And that can end up being more long-term
1: after it's been successful the first time. So does your AI have a name? I just like, is it like, we, well, I, I, I Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well,
2: <laughs> this is the thing. We have, we have AI, but like it's dozens
1: it's dozens well, um, of algorithms. Well, of course, yeah. but the, the AI controls the algorithm. I need well, access we, to this. We, thing, we, by we, the way. How do me. I get a login to this? <laughs>
2: well, um, I want to
1: see where our guys sit on this. <laughs>
2: come which come which to, I'm guessing co- they're pretty co- high. Co- come, come to the office Utah or LA. Utah or LA. After, LA okay. After you do the NDA. All right. But yeah, yeah. We'll
1: give he you he on won't even let me see it yet. He's like, you know these things. Stop it.
2: Well, no, it's one of those things. Well, I don't think any of us in this room could look at the AI and understand it. It's like, it's cool. It's deep learning neural networks. Like it's, there's a lot of math and there's hundreds and thousands of data points that we're looking at. But, But, but basically, yeah, we, we look at, okay, who has the healthiest, you know, audiences, the healthiest engagement, um, a very healthy history. And based on our decade of data, we're able to look at our data, look at the history of, um, the creators and make, you know, I mean, um, predictions and um, positive predictions. And, and, and so, but we do also look at, okay, what percentage of fake followers do, um, um, do creators have it, but specifically what percent of fake engagement? And so like your guys are all healthy, just so you know that. I hope so. <laughs> hey, <but> if someone's <laughs> buying
0: followers, we gotta have a big talk. Oh no, yeah. no, no, <laughs> one <laughs> no one is, but, but
2: no, but, but, but really it comes down to, you know, when I started the co- company and I think it's very similar you know, to you both, um, a big driver for me was to empower artists. Mm-hmm. Art is a beautiful thing. It is. It's what you remember in history. Um, pop culture and art is really, you know, what defines culture. And, and if you can empower artists, especially wholesome artists or, or, or people that are trying to make a positive difference, those are the things that are going to be rem- remembered in the next hundred years. And so, you know, we talk about data, we talk about AI, we talk about budgets, we talk about money, but really what what we're working on, I don't think is something that's very superficial. I actually think it's something that's very important and crucial for society to make sure that you empower the right artists that can really make a positive impact.
1: Mm -hmm. So Reed, um, you talked about TikTok a little bit. Is there anything else in the industry that you're really excited about that's disrupting the industry?
0: Yeah, I, I really want to see what Instagram does with paid ads. Like we've seen a few people get it. Yeah, None yeah. of our guys beta, have gotten right? IG, like a, yeah. is it called um, IGTV? Yeah. or watchers yeah we we haven't got it yet i know it's in beta i just want to see what the ad rates There's are like
1: literally two people on it right now yeah probably <laughs> like really... Lele Pons and <laughs> exactly. someone else but
0: we i'm really curious to see what that does to the industry so one thing that we've started to do is we've started to transition our youtube content and make it consumable on facebook and it's gone extremely well right. and for people that said facebook's dead nobody goes on it anymore they're wrong um, we're actually getting with a lot of our clients the same amount of views per month on Facebook as we are on YouTube, and, and the C- ad rates are, are high. Great. They're higher actually. Yeah, it's like wow! Great. So you're getting yeah. paid
2: more on Facebook. Yeah, a, on a few YouTube. of our
0: clients are getting paid oh, more on amazing. Facebook. It, so, I, and I, I really want to see how Instagram gets into this now. There's going to be a lot of different places to to distribute content, and right. that's one thing with even with Preston that we started to look into is we have yeah. episodical series like Hide and Seek. We have the Secret series that he's done for three years. It's like What can we do with that? Is it unique IP that we can go create a production and an animated series out of? Or can we just go distribute it as is to someone else that wants it on their platform? So I think the people that are creating good content right now are the ones that are gonna win in two to three years.
1: What's crazy though is like the Facebook strategy, for example, it's new eyeballs. These are not people that actually seen the content on YouTube. Yep. It's just like, it's a segment of the market that's never hit.
0: So we actually have a good example. So we were filming at Six Flags with Mr. Beast team last week. And a lot of the kids were saying, Hey, you're the guy from Facebook. Excuse me, what? <laughs> we're, we're the guys well, from Facebook. Mom and dad don't let them yeah, on so they had no idea. And we're like, Well, we have a YouTube channel. He's like, Oh, I just watch Facebook. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Okay, so we're actually hitting a different market. Yeah. And Jimmy also has a show on Snapchat where we re- <laughs> redistribute redistrib- redistrib- his content. And we've also had people going, Oh, you're the guy from Snapchat. Yeah. are like, What the heck? Uh, yeah. That's
2: interesting. That's very interesting. Well, I mean, Snapchat is going to still be relevant, even though they made so many mistakes. But, but, but Facebook, um, you know, you're talking about how, you know, your content's relevant there and there's a lot of creators that have actually made the jump from YouTube to Facebook, but then there's a creator, um, you guys ever heard of, he has like a, pr- a pranking channel, um, Julius Dean. Oh yeah. Julius, so like good. he's built, you know, tens of millions of followers on Facebook and, and, you know, and he's now looking okay, well, how do I get into these other platforms? But, um, I thought it was really strange because he was just this young um, guy from London and, and just like, just made it really big, just jumped on really early and, and you know, he's doing really well.
0: Yeah. Each of them have their own like different ways that you need to make the content. Like we've noticed subtitles do better on Facebook and vertical Mm -hmm. video does better on Facebook as opposed to YouTube. So as long as you understand which is better for each one, I think you'll be extremely successful if you have good content where it doesn't work is when you have bad content that only works on YouTube (laughs) and you're like, Oh yeah, we'll put it on Snapchat and Facebook. And then nobody watches it. Well, it's like, you know, sometimes YouTube is all about, you know, yeah. getting people to click and then kind of staying, but there's a lot of YouTubers doing really sure. well off bad content they, right now. They
2: really are. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do you think are some things that need to change in the industry?
0: In the industry? Uh, just from a YouTube perspective, I think the one thing is the algorithm for us is very easy right now, but it's also very easy for someone to create bad content and get hundreds of millions right, of views right, a month. Right. And so one thing I, I hope YouTube addresses that, and maybe it's something like quality watch time. Yeah, quality watch time you know, I, I really want that to change because I want the creators creating the best content that's the most clickable and the funnest to watch to actually get the views.
1: So, so the quality content uh, score that's there is going to be very interesting because mm-hmm. um, just knowing how the algorithm functions and everything that goes from there, it's like, okay, multi-camera shoot and, you know, what type of thing, but it's really going to be subjective. And yep. that's where I, I always get nervous when anything subjective because it's someone saying, no, I don't like this creator and, you know, whatever it is. And once it gets tagged, then it's just like, okay. And, and I don't yep. think there's going to be a lot of false positives. There's a lot of issues. Yeah. But as, as long as we can teach that AI to predict the quality content that be getting. it's
0: it's going to take them years to figure yeah. it out before they have any clear metrics of what they're going to look for but i i just some of these channels doing four five six hundred million views off yep. the content that they make I, it's just it's tough when we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a video and doesn't even perform
1: remotely as well as yeah. some of this other stuff. But, but then too, it's like different segments have different viewing behaviors. And so mm-hmm. like the younger it is, the more they'll watch it, you know, time and time again, you know, yeah. it just really depends on where that's at, but well, thank you so much for joining us. We know that you have a super busy day. Yeah. yeah go to no, a great. presentation and yeah, all this, this is know. a
2: Saturday Yeah. and you're working all Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Friday. I'm headed
0: to the uh, in-game leaders conference, which is down at the Esports arena. So oh, the new sweet. Esports arena in Arlington, I have a panel at four o'clock with actually some some advertising people that whose offices that I were they, laughed at four years ago. I mean, so you bring it up. Oh, I'm going to bring it up. So this should, and and oh, no great. fault to the guys that are on the panel because they weren't there when I first started having these conversations, but their companies did laugh at me. So yeah, they're, they're going to get it today. And then flying to Boston awesome. on and uh, that's what you're Sunday. representing,
2: dude. Perfect, and that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, people thought that dude perfect. Who are these guys? Like, why would we spend? And now everyone's like, we want dude perfect. You know, exactly. of course yeah. they yeah.
2: were the first you know channel to really do stunts and do high production value content. So yeah.
1: I mean, amazing. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So thanks for having me, guys. This yeah. is hey, great. Thank you, Reed. Yeah. It. And thank all of you that are watching this podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and share it with someone that you actually love or that you don't love.